Hello and welcome back to the 245 podcast. Uh, today we're re- recapping Brisbane's 2-1 win over Perth Glory from the weekend. Uh, we're only two days away from the next game, Western Sydney, so yeah, a couple podcasts back to back here, but um, that's just when I'm driving home this week. So yeah, I'm driving home from Brisbane to the Sunshine Coast. It is 3.39 on Wednesday afternoon. Nice hot afternoon in Brisbane. Good to see the rain has eased a bit. It was a bit drizzly this morning, um, but hopefully give that Suncorp pitch some some room to breathe and dry out because that pitch was pretty average looking, wasn't it? It didn't look too bad. On the camera, it just looked a bit... It didn't look great, but it didn't look too bad. But once you saw those images and photos on social media, someone was... I think it was one of the Adelaide staff because the... The ladies played after um, they, the Brisbane um, Raw played Adelaide in the lady in the W League, and one of the staff members from from that team, the Adelaide team, posted a video, and you could just see the the mud coming through, and yeah, it looked really slippery and very very average. So yeah, there's been a bit of chat around that on different podcasts around the the state of the, um, the pitches, um, what time we're playing, the state stadium avail- availability. What can you do? Um, you want to go back to Redcliffe? No, probably not. Can we go to Perry Park one day? Possibly. Uh, the Ballymore, they're getting that ready for the men's as well. The women are already playing there. But that has issues as well. So it's just not a great... Uh, there's no really great options right now. Hopefully something will get sorted in the future. But yeah, it's a shame. And hopefully with all this rain we've had this week, like I said, it's sort of eased up at the moment. I don't know what the forecast is Thursday and Friday, but I dare say there's probably a little bit of water about, so hopefully the pitch can just, I don't know what they do, the groundsman can do. Hopefully they've got some good technology there, a decent budget to maintain that grass or fix that grass up, because yeah, it just wasn't great. It doesn't um, lead to great football. Um, but yeah, the, the conditions were tough, not only on the pitch, but the humidity. Apparently I wasn't at the game. Uh, I mentioned the last podcast I had wife's birthday weekend and Christmas photos to contend with so I wasn't at the game but apparently it was very humid um, I was up on the coast by the water so yeah I had, had that few degrees cooler and when you're in Suncorp you're not really getting a breeze as well because it's such a big stadium so I dare say they were feeling it a lot we had the drinks break as well which showed that yeah it was obviously very warm and humid and but um, I guess it suits us we we train in these conditions they I'm sure they're very fit I mean we've having a few injuries and stuff so maybe I don't know if we're overtraining I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that I have no idea to be honest so but Perth obviously it's quite warm over in Perth as well but apparently yeah I don't think it's as, as humidity as well so it, I guess it suits us and yeah we play Friday night against the Wanderers they're probably not going to be used to the humidity so it might help us there but we'll get into to that a bit later so yeah the performance was good I think we definitely dominated the game I think we had 20 something plus uh, shots had lots of opportunities and we'll get into my five takeaways in a second the other thing I wanted to mention was the indigenous kits they look really good it's a good initiative as well it'd be cool if they did I think they did it last year I can't remember but yeah it'd be cool if they did that every year yeah 2-1 result it's a shame about that last goal because we really uh, 2-0 would have been a fair result 2-1 I think says it was a lot closer than it was yeah shame sort of hits hits the crossbar uh, off that free kick and Freak was on the ground, sort of looking up, um, thinking where's he? I think he thought the ball went straight up once it hit the post, and then, and then once 
the um, goal scorer, I think it was, uh, was or something, oh, I can't remember who it was, headed it back in. Um, Fred just didn't really know where the ball was, what had happened. So a bit of a shame, but anyway, three points. I really think we are playing like a finals team. We're, we're playing like a team who deserves to be uh, in fourth spot, uh, if not higher. I think that result against Wellington really showed where we are vulnerable, definitely. And, and I'm, But the way we have bounced back since then, the two wins against um, Central Coast and Perth, goes to show that whatever Wellington did to us, the, these teams weren't able to replicate. So, yeah, it's a, a great, great victory. Most of the team played well. O'Shea was fantastic. Florian Berenger was fantastic. We're going to miss him. He's now injured. I'll get into that in a sec. Uh, the back line was good. Uh, Corey Brown had a good 10 minutes till he, he got injured. Uh, Burke Gilroy came on and he did well. Jack Hingett got on late, so it's good to see him back. Henry Hall, Millet Yuznich, Waddingham, Zabala even had a good game. Yeah, it was just a good game all around. So let's get into my top five takeaways. The first one I've pretty much already covered, but we'll touch on it quickly. Again, the pitch and the humid conditions just making things tough. But what I did like was Ross came out in the post-match press conference and said, there's no excuses. We know what it's like. Um, yeah, no excuses, which is a good mentality to have. I think when you start making excuses and, <coughs> you know, not just football, but in life, you should be... Um, there's always a there's always somebody else or some other factor to blame, and the fact that he wasn't um, blaming you know the conditions. I'm I mean we did win. When you win, it's sort of easy to say those sorts of things. Maybe if we concede another goal and we draw or or go on to lose that game, um, would he be saying something else around the pitch and the conditions? Probably. So yeah, let's just wait until we um, maybe lose a game, another game, and see what he says around that. But yeah. Not great conditions. Really hope this Friday, in two days' time, the pitch is much better. I can't see it being much better. I mean, I don't know what sort of work they could do on it in the space of six da- oh, five days, five, six days. And like I said, it has been raining. So good luck. Um, yeah, I'm not holding my breath for that one, but I, I hope it is improved. Number two is Ross's mindset, again, from the post-match press conference. Uh, I mentioned there, no excuses with the pitch, but the other one, um, the mindset I'm really talking about is goes back to the good old Ange of, if you make a mistake trying to be brave and play the way he wants the team to play and set out to play with courage, he's not going to have a go at you. And I, that's fantastic to hear. It's sort of like um, leading without fear, I suppose. And, and when people aren't fearful, they um, hopefully can be themselves and be creative and hopefully that, that will get the best out of the teams and the players because you want them the, the style of football we play is brave and courageous. It is risky at times. Um, it's entertaining, but yeah, when it when it doesn't come off, we're going to leave big holes at the back. Uh, we're pressing high. We're trying to be brave. We play the, foot, uh, the football through certain areas in, in, in a particular way. Yeah I, yeah, I like that he's backing the system and he's saying, yeah, um, continue to play this way. If you make a mistake, all good. We go again. We don't change. Um, Obviously, we're disappointed when we make a mistake, but I think that mentality is great, and I think that mentality will help us get that sort of um, sixth-place position. Someone's just pulled over there for speeding. Number three takeaway is the amount of early chances we had. I didn't really realise it when I was watching um, live until I went back to the, the highlights and noticed we had, like, three really good opportunities in the first three minutes. Berenguer had that chance where Waddingham nodded it down to him, Mille using it sort of had a cross-come shot that got deflected and hit the crossbar. 
and Gamulka even had a chance as well. So I think I said three minutes. I think it was sort of the first four minutes. And then uh, O'Shea had a good chance of sort of the tenth minute as well. But none of those went in. But that's really encouraging to see. We seem to be starting really strongly in these games. And even after the, the halftime break, we came out and I think we had one or two really good opportunities um, in the first few minutes of the second half. So uh, there's a tip for you. If you're going to watch the Raw play, don't be late. Don't turn the tellies on late or don't show up late because that's when we seem to be creating lots of opportunities and scoring goals. So... Um, yeah, let's see if that can continue. I don't know if that's a message um, from the coach, uh, but, yeah, it seems to be what's happening either way. I don't know why, but, yeah, it's working really well. Um, so, yeah, we come out of the blocks firing. Number four is watching football with young kids is very difficult to pay attention, particularly when you're, like, trying to do a podcast and trying to, to take notice of what's happening, trying to collate some thoughts, all that sort of stuff. Um, and I don't really have time to go back and watch a full replay. That's just not going to happen. That's another 90 minutes. So I did go back and watch like the 23, 24 minute highlight, extended highlight package or mini match, whatever they call it, um, which is good they, they have those available. But especially those afternoon games, they're just so difficult to, to watch with kids. Um, they just want attention. You can't blame them. And I'm not going to go lock myself in a room and watch football. Um, you know, I wouldn't mind doing that, but... I also want to spend time with the kids, so it is it is hard. And I, and I think I mentioned at the top of the episode, and in last week's episode, I had Santa photos. Um, it was like at four o'clock or whatever, so we were leaving the house at three three thirty. I got the wife to drive down to the beach where we had the seat, the Santa photos, uh, and I was in the pa- passenger seat watching. Um, but you, you know the the sounds on um, very low or, or, or mute. And I'm not really paying attention, so when the kids are yelling at you as well. So, yeah, that's, that's my fourth takeaway. The night games are much easier because the kids are usually in, in bed. But I am going to the game this Friday, so excited for that, going with my older brother, Jake. Um, used to do a podcast with Jake called uh, TBO Rankings. So it be good to go to a game with him. I've only been to the one game this year so far. I went with, with my dad. But this game, um, he's not coming up for that. He's in New South Wales. So my brother, Jake's... Uh, coming to that. I'm not sure if he's he's got kids as well, a little bit older than mine, but I'm not sure if he's bringing the kids in for that game. Either way, it'll be it'll be a good game against the high-flying uh, top-of-the-table Western Sydney Wanderers. And the number five takeaway is I just come into traffic here near Boondle or the Brisbane Entertainment Centre heading north, is uh, the injuries there are down, man. They're obviously a part of football, but when you apply it to, I'm sure, I'm sure it applies in different ways equally across the globe as you've seen um, Tottenham get hit Angers Tottenham get hit um, smashed with injuries and suspensions but here in the Raw our, our squad depth is just not really there and, um, maybe for the bigger teams that's where the, they start they start to shine because they do have that, that depth but we just don't have a lot do we and it will soon hopefully not but I'm, I'm thinking it will soon be very much tested um, so Corey Brown he's uh, done his hamstring I don't know how long he's out for but it, you got to think it's, it's a long long time um, I don't know how long hamstrings take to heal and, and what the um, sort of diagnosis was there, but he'll be gone. Um, fortunately, we did sign Burke Gilroy, so he seems to have ha- have had a positive start. Um, so he's sort of a ready-made replacement there. Armiento's coming back too. I'm not sure if he's he's more attacking those, so, um, but does play on that side of the pitch, so it might sort of 
help things out. Hingott's um, got some minutes there um, on, on the weekend, so he's back, so hopefully he can stay fit because he can obviously help out with the depth of the fullback positions, um, obviously on the right-hand side, but that frees up sort of Zabala and Truman was on the bench, um, so they can sort of fill in at left-back as well. So it does, we are there, um, we do have players and cover there, but what really, really sucks is um, Berenguer is injured. So I thought he's had just an amazing start to the season. Him and O'Shea just linking up so well. And then we have Hora Miller using it on, on, the, on the flanks, um, really providing that attacking sort of versatility and, and speed and creating goals. So, But Berenguer has just been all class this season. Um, I wasn't totally sold on him after the first couple of rounds, but as you watch more and more of him, he's just absolute class. His touches, the way he plays, it's very understated but very important. So apparently he's done some sort of quad injury and, again, he's like 35 years old. So, you know, that's, that's pretty much how old I am. And, uh, and um, I know at our age, I would say our age, and we don't heal as quickly. So, yeah, that's, that's a bummer. I don't know how long he's going to be out for, but the sooner he gets back, the better. We're going to miss him, that's for sure. Obviously, we have, fortunately, we have Coletti to come back in. Um, so I'm, I'm, we've got uh, O'Shea, Gamulka, and Coletti in the midfield there. But once, I suppose, we have Truen back up, to back up, he can play through centrally through there. But then I just don't know. Where do we go from there? I don't really know the depth on the, the bench. They all seem to be more wingers or sort of that maybe number 10. Um, I don't or strikers like Quinn McNichol, Brownlee. Yeah, I just don't really know where who's going to fill in in the midfield if like if O'Shea goes down injured. Like, geez, we're we're in such trouble. We are in such trouble. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they line up this Friday night because um, Berenguer was more that number ten sort of eight ten role. So who will play that now? Um, Gamulka probably. I'm going to say because he was used as that false nine when Waddingham was away or that striker position so I'm going to guess he's comfortable with him playing higher than say O'Shea it would be cool to see O'Shea in a higher position like 10 but I think he's just so important back in the number six picking it up starting things as well and um, it seems like an easy role sometimes picking the ball up low and just starting the play but he's so intelligent and the balls he plays if you think back to Central Coast when we scored that goal um, he picked it up from a throw in from uh, Corey Brown threw it to him. He turned and played a ball through four players. I made a little reel for it on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, to Berenguer, who turned to Millet Yuznich out wide, and, and that led to, to a goal. Um, so, yeah, he's, he is important to, to start the play and distribute the play. And I just he's that sort of player who always wants to get involved. He'll drop really deep to get the ball. And I think if you play him in number 10, he might go missing a bit and then get frustrated and try and come back naturally anyway. So I... I'd say Gamulka will start in that sort of higher position. Maybe Coletti, but Coletti likes to play a bit deeper as well. But he's a little bullet. So the other reason you probably wouldn't play O'Shea in that 10 roll is when we press, that 10 roll really needs to be involved heavily. Like they're one of the ones doing all the doggies with Waddingham. And you probably don't want O'Shea doing that. You'd rather Gamulka or Coletti doing that. So I think let O'Shea take up the sort of eight, six or eight position and not have to, when we press, he doesn't have to run as far. Hopefully his midfielders are a bit closer, um, save his energy and that knee of his that is always strapped. So, yeah, injuries, um, part of football. Uh, but, and I said 
going into the season, as soon as we get a few injuries, that's when we will be tested and we're about to be tested. So please, no more injuries, at least, uh, well, no more injuries, but if it's going to be injuries, just definitely don't give it to one of our midfielders because I'm, I'm a bit scared of where our depth is there. Um, yeah, Friday night, we, in two nights, two days, two sleeps, Tom, um, we play Western Sydney Wanderers at home. They're top of the table. They're only one point ahead of us, but they're undefeated. They've only conceded two goals from five games. We've conceded like eight or something, I think. I think we've scored the same amount, 10 goals each. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be difficult to break them down, but I don't know, we, we create chances, So and we're at home. I think... I think a draw wouldn't be the worst result, but I, I don't know, I have a sneaky feeling we might get up this game. We're obviously missing Berenguer, as I was just talking about, but they're missing Borello. So he's out for like three or four months, I think, with a fractured foot. He's one of their best players, so uh, attacking players. Although they, in saying that, they have some crazy players, like that uh, Lachlan Brook on the bench who uh, scores goals for fun uh, when he wants to. Anyway. Uh, he's dangerous as well, so I dare say someone like him will just come in to replace Borello. So. It's going to be a very tough game, but I'm confident I'm going to be there. Um, looking forward to it. So good luck. And yeah, I'll probably do a podcast um, when I'm driving home Friday night after the game back to the coast and get that up on the weekend. So we will see slash talk to you then. Bye.